Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dennison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the show, one of my favorite weeks of the year. It is boys basketball sectional week across the state. Lots of hoops this week, great environments. I think Seymour's going to have some terrific games on Tuesday. And a lot of our local sectionals this week uh, are set up to be really, really great, I think, was, as far as how things play out as the week goes on. So a lot of fun. We're headed into March. Uh, We're hopefully getting back to some reasonably warm weather, although it's been a very mild winter, to be quite honest with you. Uh, But just a fun time, and basketball season is at an all-time high uh, this time of year. And I guess really the only thing, if you're a big IU fan, that is the downer as we head into the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, the Hoosiers. Unless they win the tournament and do the unthinkable, uh, they're not going to be there. So that is the negative as we head to this crazy basketball time. But uh, glad we're here. And we, this is what we really have worked for since uh, November on, uh, working through a long off-season of recruiting and transfer portal news. But coming off of an IU loss over the weekend as well on the road at Penn State, and I think you seriously have to wonder at this point, is Indiana going to win another game here in the regular season? Are they going to win another game at all, period, the rest of the way? Uh, I think a lot of people, probably a lot of you, would vote no to that, that you don't think they'll win another game this season. Uh, Things are just falling apart for Indiana, and the shooting is just unbelievably bad. I mean, just unbelievably bad. I went back to the Penn State game in the second half uh, on uh, Saturday, uh, had it recorded as I do all the games, and just unbelievable the number of shots in a row sometime that this team would make, including open opportunities as well. It's not just like when somebody really gets out on the perimeter and guards them that they've got extra problems. Uh, They just struggle to shoot the basketball, and it is so weird to – continually see that here at Indiana, here in a basketball state where there's so many great shooters in the high school game, and it's just something that's fundamental in this state. Uh, But my goodness, this Indiana team, I think I put shooting as the first and foremost problem that continues really game after game, and now in some ways you could say season after season, and in some ways coach after coach. Uh, thinking about shooting struggles under Tom Crean, thinking about uh, much of the same from Archie Miller, and now under Mike Woodson, shooting a major, major issue for this team. So when this season, when this thing is wrapped up, uh, you got to go if you're Mike Woodson and you're coming back, and I think all signs indicate that he will. you got to go to the transfer portal, and you got to find shooters 
that's what you've got to find. You've got to bring in people that can shoot the basketball. Uh, so the opportunity for an offseason overhaul is there. It's a possible feat because of the transfer portal, uh, but that's what is ahead for this Indiana basketball team. So uh, hard to believe where this team is at here as we approach the final few days of the month of February. And it gets no easier because tomorrow they take on a really good Wisconsin team. So, again, I don't think any game is out of the realm of possibilities if this Indiana team just shoots the ball even decently, they they will be in games. So, And then one other note to start, how about Ohio State? They knock off Michigan State just when you thought the Buckeyes were done. I know there hadn't been a coaching change or anything like that here in the middle of the season for Indiana, but after Chris Holtman fired a few weeks ago, a week and a half ago, whatever it was now, uh, Ohio State beats Purdue. Now they beat Michigan State. That's a team that's fighting. That's a team that is hoping they can get to the Big Ten tournament and make some noise and find some way somehow to make it into the NCAA tournament under their interim coach. But there's just not that fight in this Indiana team. At least we haven't seen it so far. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments are Hoosier Headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll dig in more on IU and Penn State from the weekend. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's next for this Indiana team as well. Uh, a note on Liam McNeely that is good news for him and his future. Uh, we'll tell you about that. He is officially, I think we can classify him, a one-and-done level player coming to Indiana for next season. Also, uh, Jordan Geronimo. This is probably not good news if you're a IU fan. He had a huge game for Maryland over the weekend. Uh, the former IU player did. We'll tell you about that. Lanesville wins a girls' state championship. I want to make sure we talk about Lanesville's outstanding victory. They had a tough situation in that game Saturday morning to overcome, and they bound together. They did it. They got it done. Back-to-back 1A state championships coming in girls' basketball to southern Indiana to our neighbors from Harrison County. Angie Hinton, head coach, Joe Hinton, assistant coach, Awesome to see those folks win a state championship. And there's just something about it. We'll get into this here in a little bit, but there's something about seeing a state championship come back to Southern Indiana. You know, I'm a traditionalist. I wish it was still one class. I know many of you probably agree, and there's also probably a fair number of you that disagree with that. Uh, However, I don't care if it's 1A, 4A, 2A, 3A, no matter what, boys, girls, even the sport, whether it's a sport that we broadcast or a sport where I'm really really connected with the coaches or a sport where I don't know much about it and it's something that we don't get into much, uh, it's so awesome to see the photos, the videos, the coverage of a team locally winning a state championship because that's the pinnacle. That's what you strive for in high school sports, and that's the pinnacle when you can get that done. And so to see Lanesville do it back-to-back years, it just reminds me not only how good that team is and how great of a coach Angie Hinton is, but it reminds me how good basketball in this area is. It reminds me how good girls basketball in this area is and has been over the last number of years. And we're just in a great spot for high school sports. And I'm sure you could draw these similar conclusions and number of championships to other regions of the state. But we have been on quite the roll here in southern Indiana. I'm talking about Clark Floyd. We'll add Harrison County with Lanesville. There have been some other successes in Washington County with the Eastern Pekin girls, but uh, just a great, great time for this little cluster of counties 
nestled here by the Ohio River uh, that have been making some state noise, whether it's with state championships or all-stars or Mr. Basketballs or at least Mr. Basketball candidates as well. Um, it's been a really, really great time to do this show and to be around high school sports and basketball and, and more here in Southern Indiana. Let's uh, also remind you today, segment two will be joined uh, by Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll talk the Wisconsin game coming up on Tuesday night. Also later, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, will be with us. He's also on the IHSA Executive Board, and we'll talk sectionals. We'll go around the area as we get ready to get things tipped off from a local perspective on Tuesday. I think there's actually a few Monday night sectional games, definitely some Wednesday games here locally in the area, but uh, definitely I think a few Monday games across the state tonight. Tonight, not many, but a few to help get uh, the sectional tournaments underway. Uh, but that's our lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out Honey Baked Ham for a delicious lunch. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily and will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you, your questions, your comments, whatever it is you want to share with us or have me ask our great guest on the show. Just send it in. Put the number in your phone, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction. Right now, at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, the number to text us, 502-414-1450 here on the Thornton's text line. All right, let's get into our headlines today. A summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Uh, Bad shooting for Indiana over the weekend in the game against Penn State at the Bryce Jordan Center. Uh, Indiana shot two from 15 from three-point range, and they made their first three-pointer of the game with one minute and 35 seconds left in the contest. Just unbelievable. Uh, Poor free-throw shooting continued in Saturday's game for Indiana. Indiana was 14 of 25 from the free throw line, good for just 20, or excuse me, good for 56%. Um, Malik Renew, 9 of 12, he was solid. Mackenzie Mbako, 0 of 3. Guard Trey Galloway, Indiana kid, Indiana player, dad's a coach in Indiana high school basketball, 3 of 7 from the free throw line, including missing some key ones down the stretch uh, for Gallo, as Coach Woodson always refers to him. Uh, Malik Renew, probably the biggest positive uh, he had uh, a nice performance and continues to improve and continues to elevate his game. 27 points in 35 minutes, an efficient 9 of 13 from the field. And again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, not bad, 9 of 12 from the free throw line. But Cups sc- struggled. Uh, he had two points. Galloway uh, struggled shooting but did end up in double, double figures with 11 points. Anthony Leal, two points. C.J. Gunn, five points. The guards combined for 20 points and logged 98 minutes in that game collectively uh, for this Indiana team. So a losing streak for Indiana. I think, what is it, four games now? 
And if you're looking ahead at the rest of the schedule, it doesn't really get easier for Indiana, starting with the Tuesday night game with Wisconsin. It's a tough stretch. We talked about this back when the Big Ten matchups were announced. We didn't know the dates at that time, but it really is a tough stretch for Indiana to finish out the regular season. Wisconsin at home tonight. Maryland, who uh, will be a road game for Indiana coming up on Sunday, Then next week, uh, the following week, it's Minnesota uh, on the road and then Michigan State at home to close things out before the Big Ten tournament starts March 13th through the 17th. So I I don't know where the next win comes if one comes. Wisconsin at home is going to be really tough unless Indiana plays considerably different. Maryland on the road is not going to be easy. Minnesota has played a lot better, I think, Coach Johnson was on the hot seat heading into the season. Uh, He has, uh, I think, squarely moved himself off of that situation uh, with the Gophers season this year. And Michigan State is Michigan State. They've had their rough moments, but they're a Tom Izzo coach team uh, that has gotten better considerably as the season has rolled along. So I'm not sure. I mean, the best chance to win a game, is it Maryland on the road? Would you say it's one of the home games just because it's at home? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this Indiana team is going to win another game this season, uh, and that is very concerning. I think if you're Mike Woodson and you're looking for the offseason and to build the program, uh, reset things for next year through the portal, you want to have a little bit of momentum uh, going into the offseason. Also, it does sound like, according to Mike Woodson, who met with the media a little earlier this morning, uh, Indiana guard Xavier Johnson could return soon for Indiana Uh, Coach Woodson said, quote, he did some things yesterday on the floor, not a lot of contact, so I'll go down today and talk to Tim and see where he is. That's Coach Woodson on Xavier Johnson saying he did some workout stuff yesterday, Sunday, and he'll talk with Tim Garl, the uh, team trainer, a little bit later today. So it does sound like his return is close, uh, definitely. Uh, another note, uh, just not really a feel-good note, but former Indiana player Jordan Geronimo, he had a double-double in Maryland's nice win over Rutgers. Of course, Indiana and Maryland getting ready to play here very soon. Uh, 63-46 win uh, for Maryland. He had uh, his first double-double in a Maryland uniform, 11 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, he hadn't had an outstanding season. It's not like he went to Maryland and just was a breakout player, but he has had a couple good performances recently, and uh, that one yesterday was, I think, his best maybe of his career um, at Maryland. Also, Liam McNeely, Indiana's lone recruit as things stand in the class of 2024, according to ESPN, is going to be a lottery pick in the June 2025 NBA draft. He's on the number one high school team in the country, Montverde. I just realized they are 28-0 and on the season, but he has played with and against uh, a number of NBA players here in his final year of high school basketball. His teammate Cooper Flagg from Maine that plays with him at Montverde, he is expected, I think unanimously by ESPN and others, to be the number one overall pick in the 2025 NBA draft. But uh, McNeely getting some praise. I think ESPN has him at number 11 in the 2025 draft. Uh, Of course, Derek Queen, his teammate going to Maryland. Indiana misses on him. He will be somebody that I didn't pull up the full mock draft, but he would be somebody that also could be an NBA prospect sooner rather than later from that Montverde team. But McNeely, 
uh, with a star-studded lineup averaging 12.6 points, 3.8 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and one steal per game this season, shooting 51% from the field overall and 46% from three-point range on 126 attempts. The scouting report I read on him with this draft said, elite shooter and complete basketball player. Uh, Boy, that sounds like something Indiana could greatly use right now at this point of the season as they try to salvage whatever they can. Let's talk a little high school basketball. What a great way to start sectional week on Saturday with Lanesville bringing home a Class A girls state championship up at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. And, you know, if you look back through the scores this season and scores through the state tournament run this year and even last year, Lanesville really has not faced many challenges in these tournament games. They are that good. They have buzzed through the local competition, uh, semi-state and state competition the last few years. But the championship game at uh, Indianapolis was a little bit different over Marquette Catholic, who was number five heading into the game. Lanesville would go on to win 41, excuse me, 51-43. Uh, to win their second straight championship. But I tell you what, some scary, scary moments for this Eagles team early on. Uh, Leading scorer, Hadley Crozier, she went down, I think it was late in the first period, with a knee injury. Uh, And at that point, uh, who knows what's going to happen. Lanesville, on familiar territory, uh, as the defending state champ, they lose their best player. They lose somebody that's got a ton of experience in these key moments that can help keep you calm and help you work through these tough uh, things when you play a good opponent or you're on a big stage. And that was very concerning to see that, obviously, first and foremost, for the health of Crozier, who's been such a great player for years in our area, but for the Lanesville team and for their ability to have success there on that stage but the team doubled down was able to hang on and get the victory again 51 48 they finished the season 29 and 1 just an amazing two-year run by this Lanesville team Shelby Allen she led the way with 20 points for uh, Lanesville Hilton Brumley she added 15 points Uh, Lanesville solid from top to bottom all season long I don't think there was really any surprise from anyone that saw him play or that knew who this Lanesville team had coming back that they would get to Indianapolis and likely win another state championship. So uh, definitely uh, a big season. Congratulations to Angie Hinton. Don't forget Joe Hinton, former Floyd Central and Providence coach on the bench as an assistant. He is very, very key in things for the Eagles. I had a chance to see him in person in their big sectional championship went over Borden, and Joe coaches his butt off. He's very active in those uh, timeout huddles and I'm sure gives a lot of great advice and assistance to his wife and the head coach, Angie Hinton. But just a great crew uh, has been this Lanesville girls team. And to finish with another state championship, uh, really amazing. They'll bump up to 2A basketball next season. They've got some talent coming back, so they'll have to go through the 2A route if they're going to try to win three in a row. Uh, But that will open up the field down here, maybe for a Borden, maybe for somebody else locally that's been waiting in the wings. I think Borden would probably best fit that description. But congratulations to Lanesville. As I said earlier, so great to see another championship, state title, headed back here to southern Indiana 
and uh, to Harrison County. And golly, what what a successful two-year run it's been uh, for this Lanesville team. A couple other notes to mention. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. couple texts to get to. Uh, this one says, IU loses local kids to Michigan State also. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to, but they have. There's no question as far as Indiana kids lost kids to Tom Izzo and uh, the Spartans program. Another texture says, why is it like someone like Geronimo can come to Indiana highly touted, not play well when he did play, and then transfer to another school and not only start and do well, but beat Indiana doing so? What gives? Uh, Good point. I mean, I think Geronimo, we all saw – the talent, the athleticism that he possessed. And I don't at all want to act like he's went to Maryland and just had some breakout season. He probably would have been a starter, right, at Indiana this year. Um, but a double-double worth noting, worth bringing up. Uh, he's not done that consistently this year, uh, but he did have a good game recently. And, I, you know, again, I guess a solid player in the rotation for Maryland this season. Uh, one other text today here in this opening segment of the program With such a dismal season this year, what are the odds of Woodson rebuilding this team to a top 64 team or even a second weekend team in March next year with the transfer portal? I could see a mass exit. Things ain't meshing. I I hear you. What are the odds? Maybe we'll ask Zach Osterman that question in the next segment. But uh, the odds aren't terrible because there's other uh, examples of how the transfer portal immediately has taken a program that is on the slide and has a number of issues where coaches, whether it's been a mass exodus or not, have had the space and room to go in and get some firepower and rebuild. And this Indiana coaching staff as a whole obviously are very connected. You see Roseman, Kenya Hunter specifically come to mind. Obviously Mike Woodson knows just about anybody and everybody in the world of basketball. So they have proven that they can get some of the big names that you may not think Indiana could get. So that does lead to a chance of an overhaul of a new-look team next season. But, again, some of it fundamentally comes down to Coach Woodson, what he wants, how he coaches, his beliefs in the game, how the, the team should play. And so some of that will stay the same, you would think, regardless who the players are. But I think the opportunity for a rebuild is definitely there. But it will be uh, a tough go of it for Indiana if they're going to be able to get that done. Let's head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll talk IU Wisconsin, probably a little bit from Saturday's game as well. And uh, a lot more with Zach. There's plenty of, unfortunately, negative things to get to when it comes to this IU team right now. Stay with us. You're listening to a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the show. Zach Osterman of the 
Indianapolis Star joins us in this segment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach, another game, another disappointing shooting effort, I think, uh, with long-range three-point shooting and free-throw shooting woes continue for this Indiana team. And as long as those are uh, key issues for this team, Given who the schedule puts forth the rest of the way, I'm just not sure where I see Indiana's next win coming, if they are going to get one here the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, it is um, it is difficult to see, to be completely honest. And, and, you know, I mean, a week or two ago, I would have said, you know, I think, I mean, I think, I want to say Ken Palm has had them um, expected to lose out since sometime around the, uh, the loss to Purdue, I think that adjusted the metrics down enough that it, it expected them to lose to Nebraska, either one of Nebraska or Northwestern, or both rather, excuse me. Um, but it still had them sort of on the balance of probabilities and still does winning one more game. Um, but yeah, when you look at the way Indiana's playing right now and, and the, I think, I think it's fair to say the, the pretty apparent lack of confidence uh, this team has the, um, you know, the extent to which it just sort of feels like if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not free throw shooting, it's three point shooting. If it's not three point shooting, it's rebounding. If it's not rebounding, it's turnovers. Something always kind of finds a way to discover this team. And again, you know, on the balance of probability, will Indiana lose its last eight games? I would say probably not. Um, but that, you know, if we're taking each one of them individually, um, <clears throat> it is difficult to see Indiana winning them. And, and, and frankly, there's probably an extent to which, um, you know, given some of the matchups Indiana might be able to exploit Tuesday night, given where Wisconsin is, the fact that Wisconsin's lost five of its last seven, um, you know, the fact that Wisconsin hasn't won uh, a road game in more than a month now, and that was a two-point win at Minnesota. They haven't beaten uh, – likely NCAA tournament team on the road since Michigan State on December 5th. Tuesday night might be their best chance, and that, that's kind of a strange thing to say, given that obviously Wisconsin is, is at least still sort of on the periphery of the Big Ten race. They're top 25 in Ken Palm. But then you got to go on the road for two games, neither of which looks particularly manageable all of a sudden because Minnesota's playing well and Maryland's kind of pulled some things back together. And then, of course, you have Michigan State at home to end the season. So, you know, will they lose out? Will they lose their last nine or was it in their last eight regular season games? Um, you know, on the balance of probability, I'd say no. But, you know, taking each of these games of a piece, uh, I think it's, it's certainly possible. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, Coach Woodson met with the media a little earlier today. Any key things to take away from that? And what did he have to say about Xavier Johnson and maybe a potential return at some point in the near future? Yeah, I think um, I think that, that the first thing, probably the, the biggest sort of immediate thing was Xavier Johnson. It sounds like he's been back at practice. Um, you know, Woodson said he's been pretty limited in terms of, um, you know, in terms of, of contact, but that he's been able to do some things. And Woodson kind of gave us a stock answer of, you know, I'll, I'll get down and talk to Tim Garl and see where he's at today. Um, I do think that, I think uh, Gus Johnson, apparently I was obviously not watching on TV, but apparently Gus Johnson mentioned during the Purdue broadcast that uh, Xavier Johnson, we're doing the the Blazing Saddles routine here, had told him uh, 
then he probably had about three more games out, which at the time would have made Wisconsin, you know, kind of the, I guess the target date for return or sort of, if you just sort of match that timeline up, that's where we would have fallen. Um, but if he's not doing a ton of contact work, then obviously you're probably in a situation where, you know, things maybe are, are still progressing a little bit. And I don't, I'm trying to remember, I don't think he's been wearing the, the immobilization sort of shoulder brace that he'd had these last couple games when we've seen him in, in public. Um, but you know, that, that, that's just a progression thing that doesn't necessarily pretend anything else forever. Talking to Zach Osterman with the Indianapolis Star. Zach, it's Wisconsin next for this Indiana team. Wisconsin, after a little bit of a rough season last year, is is back in the mix, playing good basketball, a top 25 ball club that obviously headed to the NCAA tournament. Um, at home for Indiana, but really that hasn't meant a lot here lately uh, for this team or program. They've lost some at home, and Indiana now in the midst of a four-game losing streak I just don't see a path against Wisconsin based on what we've seen uh, the last number of games from this team that would give any indication, home or away, that this team has enough life in it to beat the Badgers. I think that's probably fair to some extent. I I think it's worth pointing out, again, Wisconsin hasn't necessarily been playing great. Um, They haven't been particularly efficient offensively. In particular, lately, you know, you go back and look at some of the numbers they were posting. I mean, they... 1.19 1.19 points per possession against Virginia in November, 1.13 against Marquette in December, one point, almost one, nearly 1.22 against Michigan State in December. Um, you know, even if you want to get 1.29 against Michigan State a, a month ago, that was um, their last win against a likely NCAA tournament team. That was January 26th, so exactly a month ago. You know, when they played Indiana, 1.4, a little over 1.4. I mean, you know, they've had a couple under one in the last seven games. Again, they've lost five of their last seven. You know, they're far and away their best sort of statistical stretch or statistical, I guess, performance offensively in any one single game. Um, In these last seven was against Iowa, which is obviously a team that is not necessarily reputed for its defense, but they also lost that game. They were worse defensively than they were offensively they haven't been shooting the three very well they've only got one game in their last seven where they shot better than 33.3 percent from three the two-point shooting you know has, has been better but has not necessarily been you know outstanding enough to kind of kind of hold things up there and they've had a smattering of turnover issues they haven't been crazy careless with the ball but they haven't been great so the point is that you know they have definitely hit kind of the shoals a, a little bit here too i mean this is a team that was neck and neck with Purdue, um, you know, they started the season eight and one in conference play. They lost that game away uh, to Nebraska on the road, and then they they got Purdue at home and they lost that game. And that sort of I, I don't I don't have enough obviously of a read on Wisconsin to know exactly the complexion of their season. But that that Purdue game losing at home, maybe getting knocked out of the conference title race, does feel like it put them on, on the spin just a little bit and. Um, if you want to even extend, you know, kind of the, the, uh, the metaphor is not the right word, but you kind of know what I'm saying. If, if you want to just kind of extend across the last, um, you know, basically month of February for Wisconsin, they've just not quite been the same team. And that's why I say, well, I don't, I would make with, you know, Indiana a pretty comfortable underdog in this game. And I think Wisconsin still got some ways they can hurt you. 
Um, I, I do think that this is a, a maybe the at least the most vulnerable opponent Indiana has left, if not necessarily the most beatable. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us Mondays as we talk IU hoops. I saw a story that ESPN has Liam McNeely, Indiana's lone 2024 recruit uh, in the NBA draft, uh, the mock draft for June of 25, I think it's the number 11 pick. Now there's a lot of hoops to be played and a a lot of changes to take place between now and then. That's a long ways off. But uh, he's coming into Indiana with a reputation of an elite shooter and an elite competitor. And uh, he alone can make, I think, a major difference next season. Obviously, there's going to be lots of movement in the roster, uh, losses, pickups, transfer portal, recruiting. But uh, McNeely uh, headed to Bloomington, Zach, with a lot of excitement behind him and what he can get done maybe in just a year in Bloomington. Who knows? Yeah, I know. I've, I've seen that. I haven't gotten a chance to read um Gavoni's uh, mock draft, though, you know, in, in my experience, there are few out there kind of better at that that stuff than he is. I think, you know, the, one of the things I would say about Liam McNeely, um, as much as anything else, that's always kind of struck me. And it, like you say, there's a lot of basketball to be played. You're always, you know, you, you only want to put so much stock in um, in these kinds of things before you can get a, a look at guys closer to the draft and in their own cycle and all that kind of stuff. Um, but one thing that has always struck me about McNeely is this, you know, if, if, you, if you ever stand up near him and obviously we've gotten a chance to kind of be around him a little bit in, in you know, visits and things like that. Um, the, the size is really not underrated. I mean, he's, he's legitimately, you know, we're talking probably six, 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 seven, you know, he's got the, He's got genuine size. That, that's not an overstatement. Um, and he's a shot maker. And I know that's an oversimplification to some extent, but, you know, there have been long stretches of this season. He may still be. I haven't looked at his stats the last couple of weeks, but there have been long stretches of this season playing, you know, what's bound to be one of the most rigorous prep schedules in the country when he's been shooting more than 50% from three. And when you can combine the size with the shot making ability in modern basketball that he, that he can bring both to the floor you have a lot of appeal and, and you have a lot of upside in terms of maybe, you know, teams looking at you and saying, okay, as long as you've got these skills as a baseline, we can work on the other stuff. We can get you stronger. We can get you quicker. We can do this. We can do that. But what we, you know, what we don't have to do is, is basically, you know, find a role to fit you into to sort of, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of, you know, Jerry rig, um, the um you know the system to fit you or or to you know sort of sort of i guess you know force you into a lineup or a rotation somehow so um like again there's a lot of there's a lot of distance to travel between you know where we are and where we're talking about going but it, it doesn't surprise me to see um it doesn't surprise me to see mcneely getting some of this appeal i can see him Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us Mondays on the show. Zach, final question for you. I want to flip to the IU women, uh, obviously still reeling in that big victory over Iowa. A huge deal for Terry Moore and the squad as they start to think about the Big Ten tournament coming up uh, before you know it. Uh, what What's their ceiling as a seed in the NCAA tournament? Do you have a feel on maybe where things could uh, finish out for this Indiana team as far as the NCAA tournament? 
Yeah, I think um, I'll look up their. I'm, I'm curious about their net ranking, um, and I can look that up while we're talking. I think the the first thing I would say is that felt like a really big win for them, and it's it's. I know that's a little bit of an oversimplification, but you know where Indiana wants to wind up here first and foremost is in the top 16 seeds overall in the tournament, because of course the ones and twos and threes and the fours get to host the first weekend. And, and, you know, that didn't work for Indiana last season, I know, but the reality is you'd rather have that than not have it get home, home court advantage through at least the first weekend of the tournament. And, you know, adding a win of that quality, the way they did who they beat, how they beat them, even to some extent, I know the committee said to try not to consider this stuff, but probably even to some extent when they beat them, um, I think goes a long way for Indiana in, in terms of just giving them a really big late season boost. And as long as, uh, excuse me, as, as long as, um, you know, there's not another maybe Illinois type letdown kind of waiting around the corner and Indiana's only got two more games this season. Um, they're at Northwestern. Tomorrow night, Tuesday, and then they host Maryland for Senior Day on uh, on Sunday. You know, if they if they can kind of take care of their business over these last two games, and then then maybe you know just kind of add a little bit more quantity, maybe even some more quantity or quality rather in, in the conference tournament, then I think they can at least solidify themselves as as one of the you know a, a top four seed, which means they'll be protected, which means they'll host. They're 13 in the net right now, which is obviously very good. Um, you know, again, when you talk about some of their quality wins, I think getting one like Iowa just kind of – Iowa goes straight to the top of the list, if you understand what I'm saying. And, and you know, I think there was even maybe some suggestion going into that game that Indiana needed that one big gout, that one sort of signature sort of, you know, jewel in the crown win that would kind of pull everything else together. So getting that I think is a big deal. And I think that it's – you know, I, I think this team is, is now well-positioned, frankly – um, particularly if they can win out in the regular season, to at very least be in that top four seed consideration. Then, of course, what you talk about is, you know, could they try to get to a three? And, and you know, they're, they're going to be up against a Gonzaga or, you know, they'll probably be in and around with a Notre Dame, a Southern Cal, maybe a Virginia Tech, who, of course, we saw make such a deep run last year. Um you know, if, if they could get up to a three and that would maybe necessitate a little bit of extra work in, in in Minneapolis, that would mean that you're not playing a one seed in the Sweet 16. And so, you know, you, you, you just kind of, you, you ease your path just a little bit more. And I think that's probably kind of the, the next big question for this group. And I do think that, you know, if, if they can win these next two, uh, just finish the season out 2-0, again, Northwestern on the road and then home to Maryland, then I think they should probably feel pretty good about being a top four seed. If they can go make some noise in the conference tournament, I think they could bump it up a little bit further than that. Although obviously, as we've seen in, in you know, recent years, as we see pretty much every year, you don't, um, you don't necessarily, uh, sometimes we put place too much weight on what happens in the conference tournaments from the selection committee's perspective. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Great stuff, Zach, as always. Thanks for helping us kickstart the week from an IU perspective, and uh, we'll talk again on Monday, next Monday. Okay. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. As we head to break, let me remind you our coverage of the 4A Seymour sectional 
begins Tuesday. We'll be on the air about 5.40 p.m. We've got a doubleheader coming up for you on Tuesday. I think both of them have the opportunity to be great games. Jeff Seymour in Game 1, New Albany, Bedford, North Lawrence in Game 2. Now, we will not be on the Big X because of IU basketball, so you'll have to find us on 900 a.m., and 107.3 FM will be on one of our sister signals uh, for the games on Tuesday night. But back to the Big X for the games on Friday and Saturday from Seymour. So remember that. We'll remind you here tomorrow and on social media as well. Back with our final segment here on this Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the program. want to go to the Thornton's text line real quick. I uh, didn't see this in the last segment, but Texter says, would Indiana have been better off hiring Steve Alford instead of Mike Woodson? He has tons of college experience, a .648 winning percentage. Woodson in a .463 winning percentage in the uh, NBA, of course. So maybe, um, but remember, when the job came open, uh, a lot of fans were adamantly that they did not want Steve Alford. We'll never know the behind-the-scenes portion of the uh, process to hire Mike Woodson and who all else was considered or talked with. But uh, really, I'll tell you, Steve Alford wasn't a name that came up much, I didn't think, during the last uh, go of it for Indiana. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays in this segment. Chad is the athletic director at Charleston. High School and on the IHSA Executive Board. Chad, it's the week that guys like you and I have waited for all season. Boys Basketball Sectional Week begins Tuesday night, a week-long celebration of the game in our state. Matt, don't you think it's time to cue up that Andy Williams? It's the most wonderful time (laughs) of the You think about that starting this week, man. Starting Tuesday night, we got a solid month of just exciting winner-go-home basketball. And, you, you know, the, the basketball play is always excellent in Indiana. It doesn't matter if you're at the college level, the high school level. It's always that. But the winner-go-home aspect, that's what makes it special. So you put you built your season to get to this point. you got to be good. you got to be lucky. Let's see what happens. Yeah, going to be fun this week. Uh, I was looking at all the pairings again over the weekend, trying to figure out, you know, the best places to be. If you're just a fan, if you don't have any connection to any team and you just want to see really good basketball or at least the best chance for good basketball. And while I think that there will be some really good weekend environments at multiple places, I don't think you can beat Seymour on Tuesday night, Chad. Jeff and the host Seymour Owls, a real contrast of styles. Jeff wants to get up and down. Seymour going to be very methodical and work really hard to guard you in depth. Uh, the second game, New Albany and Bedford, they just played less than a week ago, and it was an outstanding game, and there's no reason to believe on a neutral floor it won't be an outstanding game again. I agree with you, Matt. Tuesday at New Albany will be the the place to be to catch good basketball. Uh, we talked about this last week with Kurt Manz's draw. 
you know, he's got the best draw to win the sectional. He doesn't have the best draw to win a game. He's got the best draw to win a sectional. I played in the Seymour sectional, the 6 o'clock game, and it's hard to get fans there. Now, Seymour will have fans there at 6 o'clock, but if you're coming from one of the other five schools, it's hard to get fans there for that 6 o'clock game. Um, I think Seymour has a, an opportunity to, to take advantage of playing on that home court and use that to their advantage, but I just think Jeff's too talented. I mean, Jeff, it, it's Jeff's tournament to lose. I mean, I think they can go as far as they, as they uh, decide they want to go. I think that they are definitely the team to beat in Southern Indiana, and I think that it's their crown until someone knocks them off. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, the sectional for you guys, for the Pirates of Charlestown, a 3A sectional at Scottsburg, you know, Scottsburg has got the best record in that sectional. Uh, they're undefeated against sectional opponents. But I, as much as I – and I think, are they still number one in the state, Chad, in 3A? I'm not so sure. I'm not sure where they're ranked right now. Okay, I know that just here a week or two ago they were as high as number one in 3A. But that said, uh, I think they're the favorite. But as I look through regular season scores, I know that Silver Creek was able to challenge them back earlier in the month of February. It was a 10-point final score when it was all said and done. While they're the big favorite, it's not unthinkable to think that somebody else could maybe uh, upset them. So that would be a big challenge. But what, what's your breakdown of the 3A Scottsburg section? Well, that's probably the one that we haven't talked much about here on the program. Well, it's Scottsburg's again, much like Jeffersonville, it's theirs to theirs to lose. Uh, they went to the semi-state last year. They're playing at home. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they are very, very talented team, Matt. They've got experience. They've got all the tools. Um, I think that they're going to be a, a very tough out for anyone in the 3A level. But if I was just a fan, Friday night is sectional. I might try to get in there just to see what that atmosphere. Or, you know, you could you could even roll the dice and hit uh, Borden or somewhere on Friday night and come Wednesday night. There's going to be four teams playing there, Scottsburg one of them, Charlestown one of them. And I think the atmosphere of the pressure cooker is going to be second to none. It's going to be crowded in there. It's going to be hot in there. And it's going to be rocking in there. Uh, I'm curious how the parking goes, but we'll see. Uh, Jamie Lowry over there at Scottsburg does an outstanding job, and I know he's looked forward to this. I know he's thought things through. It'll be a lot of fun at Scottsburg this week. Yeah, sounds like that's going to be a good one as well. And, you know, that gym, the pressure cooker, uh, hosting a sectional, uh, some other good fan bases, obviously, from schools in that sectional. I, I think it'll be a great environment from a fan's perspective as well, just a lot of entertainment on the court and off the court. No doubt, man. The, the pressure cooker will be rocking this week. All right, Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, Lanesville, a girls' state championship on Saturday, back-to-back titles for Angie and Joe Hinton and the Lanesville program. And they've really, as I mentioned earlier today, they really have cruised through the state tournaments the last couple of years, but they had a real issue on Saturday with Hadley Crozier, a great player uh, injured with it appeared to be a knee injury early in that state championship game. And you wondered at that point, uh-oh, you know, this team's really going to be tested here now against a good Marquette Catholic team and they were tested, but they fought and fought and came together. And it was so neat to see Hadley Crozier, as much as you hurt for her injury 
and for the fact she was not able to play really in that game beyond the first period, uh, watching her on the sideline cheer on her teammates during the game in some of those key moments, and then an opportunity to hear from her uh, in the press conference after the game there at Gainbridge Fieldhouse and what she had to say about her teammates and j- just a special, special thing and not a situation you wish on any kid from any school anywhere in the state or the world. But um, for her, it was a tough day, but it, it was a good day in some other regards. Matt, that kid's a winner. She handled herself with class. And, you know, you talk about Joe and Angie. Winners win. You know, success breeds success, and Joe and Angie have won every place they go. And they're going to compete. It doesn't matter if you're playing a game of Uno or Connect Four. They're going to try to beat you. I think we lost Chad. Chad, thanks for being with us, as always, here on this Monday program. That's going to wrap things up for our Monday show. Back with you tomorrow, Tuesday at 11 a.m. Don't forget sectional action from Seymour tomorrow night on 900 a.m. and 107.3 FM. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.